I'm Dean Olsher, and you're listening to The Next Big Thing. Just when you thought you had the school year behind you, surprise, we're going back to school. Wait, 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 don't change the station, because this is not school as you remember it. No paddlings, no institutional films instructing you how to duck and cover. This is school, fifth grade to be precise, unlike any school I ever knew. On this day, in fact, author Sam Swope has been invited in to teach one of the great modern poems of the 20th century to fifth graders at PS19 in Queens. Seem crazy? Don't be so sure. This is a poem by a guy named Wallace Stevens. He wrote it about 85 years ago. Um, He was a, a businessman. He worked for an insurance company. He lived in Connecticut. And he, wrote po- and he also wrote poems, and he became quite famous, actually. And this poem, this poem is called 13 Ways of Looking at a Blackbird. Um, shall we, shall we begin? Yeah? Number one, among 20 snowy mountains, the only moving thing was the eye of the blackbird. It's winter, and it's Christmas, with all the snow. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and so the only moving thing is that why is nothing else moving? In the poem, it feels like you're in a cemetery. Mm-hmm. Because um, since no one's there, it feels like only skeletons are there. Mm-hmm. Um, suppose we just try and write our own little poem. You don't have to rhyme. Our own little poem. But what I'd like you to do is we're going to pretend that we're writing a poem called 13 Ways of Looking at a Tree. And I want you to do this stanza, something similar, not exactly the same, but something similar. Among 20 snowy mountains, the only moving thing was the eye of the blackbird, but use a tree instead. You got it? Give it a try. Among the forest, there was only one tree moving because a squirrel had bumped into it. Rodney. It was one sunny day. The trees were moving up and down, floating in the air. You could feel the fresh wind coming towards the tree, and it was shaking all around. It was number two. two. I was of three minds, like a tree in which there are three blackbirds. See if you can compare trees with something else, the way he does compare thoughts with blackbirds. Just try to get the feeling of this stanza into your tree poem, if you can do that. I was sitting still on two chairs like a tree. I was thinking of the future. I had four thoughts on my head, like a tree has four branches. I was like a boy with puffy hair who was so surprised that he stayed completely still. She forgot to add the trees. That's all right. I think a tree is kind of like an author because an author, um, most authors will never like tell what they're really writing about until they finish. And a tree, you can never know what it's thinking about because they never tell you. 
The blackbird whirled in the autumn winds. It was a small part of the pantomime. So, what do you what what do you get from this stanza? What do you see? What do you think is going on here? Mm, maybe um, uh, a bunch of blackbirds having fun in the autumn winds, and maybe playing with the leaves, like surfing. Uh huh. How could they be surfing? Like to fly on top of the leaves and like put their legs on the leaves. The leaves are the surfboards. Yeah. <laughs> but but the leaves are too like it's too light. It it will just fall down. It doesn't right? have to be a real story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Number four. A man and a woman are one. A man and a woman and a blackbird are one. Like a man, when they say like a man and a woman are one, maybe like they were married, so maybe they got a blackbird as a pet, and then the blackbird. Was one with them. That means that a man and a woman are the same because the only thing that they have in, they have oh they oh have this there's not stop. <laughs> right, no, 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 let me talk. That they don't have the same is two parts. Can we move on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is getting out of hand. Okay, all right, let's move on. Mm. I think we got that. We could do the rest for lunch after lunch. Number five, I do not know which to prefer, the beauty or inflections or the beauty of in an in you and those. In you and those. The blackbird whistling or just after. In an those. In you and those. are actually sort of hidden meanings, little hidden meanings in language that other people might not get who don't understand the words like you were saying. Go outside. Okay, let's go outside. Yeah! He's lying. No, we'll go outside, but just for a minute. Hi. Yeah. I used to do it before. I couldn't. I could do it a lot of times. I can't do it. Oh, here. Let's listen to the subway and decide whether we like the sound of the subway or just after. Blackbird whistle first? I don't have I don't have You just did it. Mm. Something else. <laughs> so let's just try it and think about this idea for a second. There's the, there's a sound. This is not a, really a song, but there's a sound you hear. And then the and then it's the like sound cool. stops, and then you have a feeling that's that's caused by the memory of the sound. It's, it's like, different, isn't it? You're listening to a sound and you you're enjoying it and then it stops. Then and your feeling sad. changes a you get sad? Maybe you wonder after after it's finished. Maybe you wonder what like what I was singing. Yeah, you wonder. That sort of that goes back to the beauty of inflections or the beauty of innuendos, the beauty of the sound of the song, or the beauty of its meaning. And sometimes wondering about the meaning is just as nice as knowing it. Yeah. Something else. <laughs> <laughs> you, you did a whistle, Elizabeth. 
Would you like to be a bird? Yeah. Why? Because I like to fly away and and like not wait in line and like get my lunch whenever I want to. <laughs> okay, let's go back in, huh? So Pedro, would you like to read that one and start with the word, the number six, say six, and then read the poem? Number seven. six. Icicles filled the long window with barbaric glass. No, the shadow... Barbaric. Barbaric so glass. Icicles filled the long window with barbaric glass. The shadow of the blackbird crossed it to and fro. The moon traced in the shadow and in indecipher... In the mood traced in the shadow and indecipherable cause. Indecipherable. Just go along with it. Indecipherable cause. Indecipherable cause. Indecipherable cause. Indecipherable. Indecipherable means. Indecipherable? Yes. Maybe without a meat, without a. Number seven. Oh, thin men of Haddam. 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 Why do you imagine golden birds? Why do you imagine golden birds? Why do you imagine golden birds? Do you not see how the blackbird walks around the feet of the woman about you? Number eight. I know noble accents and lucid, inescapable rhythms, but I know too that the blackbird is involved in what I know. So how would you do, how would you do that stanza, but with a tree? I have been sitting under the tree. The tree had withered down at me. I was writing. For some reason, I knew the tree was watching me for what I have done. In, in escape, in escape, inescapable, inescapable. Number nine, when the blackbird flew out of sight, it marked the edge of one of many circles. All of these, um, all of the things we've read, it it talks about the imagination. It doesn't say what's real. It's talking about the imagination. Everybody done? <laughs> the tree's leaves blew beyond sight. It passed up and down. It grew into the marking. 
Everybody together. Even, even the bods of euphony. Even the bods of euphony. Even the bods of euphony. Number 10. At the sight of blackbirds flying in a green light, even the bods of euphony would cry out sharply. What does euphony and bod mean? Yeah. Um, Why would they fly in a green light? Um, flying in a green light actually means that they're going because if it was on a red light, they would stop or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny thought, but um, why would birds stop right here? Yeah, because they're not in cars. They won't crash That's something. Not what, I'm trying yeah, to say. what I'm trying to say is that imagine if he's trying to um, compare, like, um, the, maybe the air with the traffic like this one is this one's just a puzzlement I don't know what this one is all right let's okay. let's just do number 11 I guess number 11 he rode over Connecticut in a glass coach once a fear pierced him and that he must took the shadow of his you equipage. Equipage for blackbirds. Okay. He confused the shadow of his coach with blackbird. the blackbirds. Can I say something? Uh, maybe it, throughout the throughout the whole poem, it says that the bird has been that the bird and the the pole was together, right? So it might be the blackbird or the man is following each other. Somebody is riding and he looks at a blackbird and he has a strange feeling about it. Something strange is happening. <laughs> okay, let's do number 12. Can I read number 12? Uh, you just read one. Joanna, why don't you? Number 12. The river is moving. The blackbird must be flying. I think, have you ever heard of like, when there's a flock of birds, when one of them leaves, the other leaves too? Say this is a bird and this is another bird. When that bird flies away, the other one flies away too. I think it's because they don't like loneliness. Like, sometimes when, like say for people, when they're together, right? One of them leaves, the other one might be kind of like lonely and might be scared or something. They could leave too. Like when the river is moving, the blackbird is moving too. Because it's it won't be the only one um, saying so. I have a question for you. You said that they don't like loneliness. Then why would the other one leave by itself? <laughs> well, I said they might be lonely.
tree number 12. I hear the leaves rustling. I hear the tree running. Ah, okay. Trees can run. <laughs> it's he imaginary. Imagines it. He imagines it. That's a lot about what this poem is. It's a lot about what's real and what's imagined. That's very... It's very Stevens-like of you. <laughs> no. Come on. Addison, come on. He'll give you a lollipop. Number 13. It was evening all afternoon. It was snowing, and it was going to snow. The blackbird sat in the cedar limbs. Why do you think he ends the poem? Why do you think this is number 13? Why does he end it this way? Because it describes like he was traveling the whole day, like he started in the morning and then um, he's been seeing blackbirds through the whole day and he ends it by it snowing in the night and seeing the blackbirds sitting under trees. Mm -hmm. um, the sun is setting. Um, it's starting to get kind of dark. Mm -hmm. Um... There's little light. Um, when there's like a storm, and, um, the streets get really, really dark. It's kind of like, for people, uh, it's kind of like beginning and the end. Like, you're born and then it suddenly ends. That's kind of like the story because the story is beginning with like your life and then it's ending with mm, it's ending Sam Swope's essay The Black Bird is Flying The Children Must Be Writing about his experiences teaching 13 ways of looking at a blackbird will appear in a forthcoming book called I Am a Pencil and in fact the essay is on our website which is nextbigthing.org and by the way that music that you heard because we know you're going to be asking about it it was performed by a group called Eighth Blackbird and was itself inspired by that same Wallace Stevens poem. <laughs> 